Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. There are just cans, cans of peas in every single one, so it's really heavy. You don't eat peas. Then I wouldn't be tempted to eat the baton. I looked him square in the eye and I said, listen, I got to warn you, I am terrible at this. What? And he looked right back at me and he said, that's okay, so am I. What is this about? What are I, you terrible at? I may have played in a softball game over the weekend. You may have. I, like you forget? I mean, <laughs> I participated. I don't know to say that I played in a game was a helpful way to describe it. But my wife's work, several of the uh, co-workers get together on the weekends and they play in like a softball league okay. at one of the softball parks in Altoona. Okay. When you say softball league, it sounds like this is very organized and... And like high stakes. It's, it's organized. Um, for some teams, it's high stakes. For Lindsay's coworkers, it's just a chance to unwind and hang out. Okay, so very casual. Yeah, and it was. They just they just need people to come sometimes, you know. Because I mean, they're doctors. Some of them are on call saving lives. So oh. you know, they they need people to come in and fill the bench every now and then. And and that's where you came in. Yeah, and that's when I warned them. I was like, "Listen, I'm terrible," and they're like, "So are a lot of us." So you're in good company. Okay. And we show up to this game, and we're supposed to play a doubleheader against this team. Jen, they had jerseys. Oh no! I bet they even practiced. Oh no! Did they walk off a bus all wearing jerseys about six feet tall? And you were like, eh. I mean, many of them were about <laughs> six feet tall. Uh, so we lost the first game, fifteen to five. Oh, lost the second game. I th- it was in the twenties. I kind of stopped counting after a point, but we did not score a single point. So twenty something to zero. Yeah, it was it was the mercy rule. If they're up by at least ten by the fifth inning, they just call it. And uh, both games, we we got mercied. <laughs> so, if you want to know how bad I was? I tried to field a ball. It bounced out of my glove, knocked the glasses off my face. No, I was in the no, outfield. No. I was in the outfield, and the second baseman came running up to me and said, "It's okay, I got it." <laughs> You're making that not up. making that off. You are making not that making that up. that up. That is from a baseball movie and my life. <laughs> so I have a long list. We want to hear yours. What are you fantastically bad at, Connie? I cannot run. You can't run? Oh. I have never been able to run. Hmm. We used to play hide and go seek on like the four corners of our, our yard and sure. stuff, like yeah. the neighbors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we would have a race from the sidewalk at my house to the sidewalk across the street. Mm-hmm. And they would let me start in the middle of the street. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. It was a close race. <laughs> hey, this is Steve with a fantastically bad golf game. Oh, oh, you have a fantastically bad game, huh? Years and years ago, I was out playing with my mom down at a place in Lake of the Ozarks, and I went to tee off, and I hit the tree that was just off the tee box on the right-hand side, and the ball bounced right back to me, and I caught it in the air. <laughs> now... What are the odds of hitting a round ball on a round tree and having to come right back to you, right? So I teed off again. The second time, I hit that same tree, and the ball came right back to me again. So I put the ball down. I've never picked up a club since. (laughs) 
Rosa, good morning. What are you fantastically bad at? Drawing. Drawing? I am great at crafts. I'm great at creating things, but not drawing. How do you know you're bad at drawing? Um, Any animal I try to draw ends up looking something like a cat. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's supposed to be an eagle. No, it looks like a cat to me. My husband's family is good at drawing and they have drawing contests. Oh boy. And I measure down there with the uh, 10 year old. <laughs> I am so sorry, honey. They have drawing contests. That is humiliating. But I guess you could look at it this way. You're fantastically good at drawing cat stick figures. Yeah. You can do it without even trying. Field and Stream magazine asked their readers to send them the uses for WD-40, their uses for WD-40. They collected over 2,000 possible uses for WD-40. So we are having an ode today, ode to this very American WD-40 stuff. Did you know that you can spray it on your dead fish bait and it is a great pike attractor? Did not know that. (laughs) Did you know that? Did you know that you can spray wire tomato cages with WD-40 and it helps to keep the insects away? Did you know it works like magic on tangled horse manes and tails, and it shines the leaves of artificial plants? Didn't know any of that. I didn't even know what it stood for until uh, Jeremy helped us out. Water displacement. Very good, Jeremy. You know it. Did okay. you Google that? No, I didn't. When I was a little kid, I don't remember who it was, but I think it was in like a science class or something, and... We were talking about WD-40 for whatever reason, and they asked us the same question, and that's what they told us. So here you go. All these years later, that science class prepared you to be the smartest in the room on Mornings with Taylor and Jen. (laughs) It's all led to this moment. Yep. What a what a preparation. Yeah. Jeremy, do you have a can of WD-40 at your place? Uh, I'm sure I do someplace. What do you use it for? I don't use it myself. I usually leave it someplace where my wife can get it so she can, so she can grease her own uh, cabinet doors. You leave it for your wife! Nice. Yeah. It's either that or olive oil, so I got her some WD-40. <laughs> Talking all things WD-40, mm. Field and Stream asked their readers... What do you use WD-40 for? Did you know that it's not just for mechanical type things? No. Did you know that WD-40 takes the sting out of fire ant bites? Really? Did you know that WD-40 repels pigeons from balcony railings? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We learned that WD stands for water displacement, but the mystery now is... What does the 40 stand for, Greg? That's how many times it took him to get it right. How do you guys know this? I think I read it on the can once. <laughs> you you actually read the can? Yep. Wow! Oh, I mean, sure. That'll do it. <laughs> WD-40. I say it, and you're all just like, oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, hey, I mean, we all have a can of it, somewhere, it somewhere. yeah. Or your mom and dad did, and we all use it for squeaky things. But WD-40 could be used for so many things. And Beth told us that it was a go-to for someone very special to her. My dad, God bless him, if we would find something that was, like something was wrong with the car, you're like, Dad, there's a, there's a noise. Well, 
He'd say, my golly, he said, there may be a rock up in there. Let me get my WD-40. <laughs> After a while, you just stood there and shook your head and laughed. <laughs> Dad, it's not a rock. <laughs> well, it may be, he'd say. <laughs> so do you have a can of WD-40 in your house right now? Do you know I don't? <gasps> oh. And I don't know why. I, You know, Dad's probably looking down from heaven, shaking his head at me like, yeah. <laughs> What are you going to do if there's a rock in your engine? What happens I know. <laughs> Considering how much time you and I have spent in our homes over the course of 2020 and 2021, it's no surprise. Sales of WD-40 have gone up a whopping 26%. Wow. The company market value, $4 billion. It might be that Nina has helped with that. My husband sent me to uh, the hardware store and I was supposed to be getting 24D for the yard to kill the dandelions. Okay. And I went in and I asked for three gallons of WD-40. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the guy it was like, and, and the guy goes, that's a lot. Of, what are you going to do with that? And I said, my husband puts it on the yard to kill dandelions. <laughs> and the guy looked at me and he goes, I had no idea this stuff was in there. And so I bought it. I took it home and my husband was like, what is this? <laughs> Every time I get like WD forty in my Christmas stocking, every <laughs> we had a lifetime supply of WD forty. I literally looked at the two spots and I thought to myself, "Oh no, what is he going to do?" It's not a race, but often I get here first. You do in the morning, okay? And so I always pull into the same exact parking spot mm-hmm. because let's face it, the only car that's here before me is the Life One Hundred Seven Point One van, and it's here all the time. It, it never leaves. <laughs> it never leaves. I have the entire parking lot to myself, mm-hmm. and I always park in the same spot. Yeah. So I parked in my spot yesterday morning, and I looked across from me where you always park. Somebody else was in that spot. They were in my spot. They were in Taylor's spot. And, and I have oh, reasons why I choose that spot. Dark 30. It was oh dark 30 in the morning. And I pulled in and I literally thought to myself, well, this is going to be interesting. Where is he going to go? Which spot is he going to choose now that his spot has been taken? I have reasons. I, I like to park one spot away from the little, they've got like the, the islands islands and stuff. And I mm-hmm. like to park one spot away because if I'm facing the inside so I can pull through and come out, turning to the right to get out of the parking lot, I don't have to step on the curb of the island. So I just park one spot away. <laughs> You did hear that. That whole hating to turn left, that even is about getting out of parking lots. I, yeah, I, I want to turn right. That's that's the <laughs> easiest thing in the world for me. So you have reasons for why you park where you park. Yeah, but since he parked at that second one, I could either park close to the building and have to worry about rolling my ankle on the curb, or I could go one spot further. And, and take extra steps and be in the third spot. And that was where I learned my priorities, because I took the third spot. I'd rather walk extra steps than risk rolling my ankle. I have the best spot. <laughs> no, because you have to turn left. <laughs> I don't mind turning left. I do. Well, this is just a heated topic, isn't it? Is. it? Do you park in the same spot all the time? And do you actually have a reason for it? I try to, and yes, I have a reason. Okay. So I can find my car when I come out. <laughs> yeah. That's a real thing. If my wife drives to Hy-Vee, she has a different spot, and I can't find it coming back out. Yep. 
I have parked in a different spot a couple of times, and I'm standing there, and a good thing my key fob got brought a panic button on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a concert at the school, and I couldn't find my car, and I'm walking all over the place, and I hit the panic button. I couldn't hear it, but everybody else couldn't. They go, it's over there. <laughs> you do it every single day. And sometimes you do it in the same spot all the time. And maybe you have a reason, maybe you don't. We're talking about parking. We park in the same spot all the time, Taylor and me. I I have not talked to a single person where I say, yeah, I park in the same spot all the time. And they don't say, yeah, me too. The question is, do you have a reason for it? I park in the same spot all the time at work, at the store, at church. I sit in the same spot all the time at church. When I was in grad school, I sat in this seat for this class and in that seat for the other class. I mean, and if somebody was in my seat or in my spot, I just, it puts me over the edge. It it messes with things. It does. And there's there's absolutely no reason for it. Like, (laughs) I could probably park my car in a different spot, but I I don't feel like I can. So So there's no reason. You You just go to the same place every time for no reason at all. Because it's my spot. That's why I go there. It's my spot. It's my spot. That's why. Okay. 400 meter backstroke, diving, skateboarding, triple jump. Gymnastics, basketball. I mean, they're elite. They Mm -hmm. are something else. And the rest of us can just sit here and watch them and feel bad. Listen, (laughs) we can't do it. We are just going to, this is what you do in youth sports where you just create events that we can all (laughs) win gold medals in. Like when they gave me a fifth quarter of the last basketball game so that I finally got to touch it. If you were in the everyday Olympics, what would you win at? I am the only person in my home that knows how to put a roll of toilet paper yeah. back on the roll. The, the toilet roll replacement derby. You I, would be a winner. I would get I would get it. Yeah. Well, oh, that's amazing. I get a gold medal for being able to put toilet paper on a roll. You know what I would win is the uh, 50 meter relay where you put all your groceries on one arm and you have to run to the end like that. <laughs> I would. You have to get to the gold end before medal. you lose all circulation in your fingers. <laughs> gold medal. Yes, because there are just cans, cans of peas in every single one, so it's really heavy. You don't eat peas, and you don't eat canned peas. Then I wouldn't be tempted to eat the baton. (laughs) What could you compete in and gold medal in in the Everyday Life Olympics? I know it sounds crazy, but in my day, diaper changing. Oh, You know what? There's a lot of moms that would compete with you, I bet. Oh, yeah. So would they score you based on speed or style? Both. Both? Both? Okay. Cleanliness. Yeah. Cleanliness. How many kids? Um, I have two, but I used to work daycare. Well, there you go. Yeah, when you can get eight done in 15 minutes, you're good. Wow. Yeah, you are. I bow to your expertise. I'm impressed. I mean, it's not really fair that the athletes get to have all the fun. It's true. It's the Olympics. And we know they've trained for years and years and years and years. But, I mean, we can have our own Olympics, right? There are things that we have a lot of practice doing that we do at an Olympic level. Right. Olympic level everyday life. What could you compete in? We all do this game. Where is my phone? Where? <laughs> so are you yes. Olympic level phone searcher or phone finder? Searcher. Oh, just the searching. The searcher. <laughs> Do you win the game by finding yes. your phone the fastest or the longest? Fastest. I'm the loser. I'm yes. sorry. I don't, I don't play. 
I, no medals for me. I was going to no say, medals. I like the style points yeah. of making everybody join in the search with yeah. you, yeah. offering uh-huh. rewards. Or it's in your hand. Ah! <laughs> Instant gold medal. <laughs> We're talking about the things that you could meddle in in everyday life, because why should the Olympic athletes have all the fun? We'll, we'll give you a medal. We, we will say that you have a medal. We won't actually send you one. No, you don't have Because we're, we don't have an Olympic committee here. But we'll <laughs> at least declare you an Olympian. What would you win a medal in, Kelly? I get the award for saying I'm going to bed and then doing 5,000 chores between when I say that and when I finally hit the pillow. Oh, man. <laughs> so bedtime putting off chores. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm going. Like, I say, hey, I'm going to head up to bed. And somehow or another, I, like, unload the dishwasher. I fold a load of laundry. Mm-hmm. I do brush my teeth. I'm aiming for it. <laughs> but I end up doing, like, 5,000 things between when I say it and when I get there. Why do you do that? I think it's a mom thing. My husband gets the award for saying, I'm going to bed. He goes and, like, takes a shower, brushes his teeth, looks straight ahead, and gets to bed in 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. He would compete in speed sleeping, <laughs> and, and you would compete in the slumber push. <laughs> Maybe. You come to a point where you just can't fix it because it's been broken so long. Mm. It can't be fixed anymore because if you fix it, it'll just make it awkward. But apparently nobody told that to, to Travis Kelsey, who is plays for the Chiefs. He's, yep, yeah. he's a tight end. So Travis Kelsey goes on to a podcast last week, and he makes one of the most startling revelations that even his teammates still cannot wrap their heads around it. I mean, I, I still I have to have bandages around my jaw because it, it fell on the floor so like, hard. Taylor, you know that guy Travis Kelsey? That's not his name. It's not. His name is Travis Kels. <laughs> I don't I don't like it. And he said it on the podcast and everybody was just like, what? And his teammates are like, what? People around the world are like, our lives are alive. I, I know. <laughs> his name is Travis Kels. Kels. It doesn't roll off the tongue as easily. Well, he says people literally have been getting it wrong since... His dad was a young adult, and so his dad just went with it. Okay, this one, this one wins. This is wow, Jen. This is wow. Sometimes you get a name wrong, and no one corrects you for a very long time. My dad was traumatized when I first started dating, and the first boy I ever dated, his name was Jason. And so when I started dating my husband now, his name's Justin. Oh, no. And so we dated for 12 years, and after 11, we got engaged, and my dad at that point was still calling him Jason. Oh. And so (laughs) every time we got together, Jason, can you come and help me with this? And Jason, can you help me with that? No. And he never corrected him in all of that time. And so when we got engaged, I had to look my dad straight in the face and say, Dad, it's time. I'm going to marry a man named Justin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Over the weekend, had a chance to talk with a seven-year-old listener of Mm -hmm. Life 107.1. Beautiful, intelligent, chatty little girl. Oh, yeah. Really enjoyed my time with her. She wanted to tell us that she listens to Taylor and Jen every morning. So, obviously, she is a a young lady of discriminating taste. Yes. Right? And she told us we were very funny. Good. So, I said she was half true. Um, (laughs) No. I said thank you very much. And then that sweet little girl was somewhat devastated, Taylor, when she came to the realization that you and I are not married. 
Yeah, that was a, a weird thing to have to clear up. Yep. But um, yep. I think I think we broke the news to her easily, right, uh, lightly. I told gently. her. I said, "Oh, honey, he has a very beautiful, very smart wife. Mm-hmm. She's a doctor." And I thought that that would impress her, but she continued to look at us. And I honestly thought that her little eyes were going to fill up because she was so yeah. surprised at the fact that that Taylor and I are. N- no, we're, we're not. We're not married. We're not an item. No, nope. not an item. So but then then imagine her <laughs> shock and dismay when she looked at me and she goes, but I thought Logan was your son. And I went, <laughs> um, honey, I think your parents are calling you. I know why God puts children on earth with adults. Why? To keep the adults humble. <laughs> yeah, kids have interesting ideas of how old we are. I teach middle school and I was talking about how when I was in kindergarten and I said in 1995 and another student goes, oh, the late 1900s. Oh. And I was like, uh, no. The late 1900s. No, thank you, sir. No, wow. thank you, sir. They're brutal. The Taylor and Jen podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.